podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guests, Ruby Semenya, Alex Letizia, Dave Henrik, Guy Drinkle, Jake Jackman, and your favorite podcast introducer, Jody McInnes. It's game week 27, and you know what that means. It's another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. I'm going to be doing another tad and the predictables this is tad and the predictables three where we get a collaboration we're going to hear from a whole host of the people that you guys are familiar with by now in terms of guests that come in and give scoreline predictions we're going to hear from obi we're going to hear from alex we got dave guy's going to be here jake's going to be there as well and i've roped in jody as well she's going to be helping me with the spurs versus crystal palace game Jody, Spurs have just come off a win against Fulham. How are you feeling heading into the next game week uh, before we get into the predictions? Um, to be honest, I'm going to put my hand up and say that I think I was a little too confident last time I came on here. Um, we were in first place at that time and we were on a massive winning streak. So I think I'd let the excitement of that get to me just a little bit. Um, I haven't really been enjoying watching Tottenham play for the past couple of months. The lineups that Jose has been putting out, along with the substandard performances by most of the team, has been such a chore to watch. Um, but in saying that, it was so nice to not have my weekend ruined after that win against Burnley on Sunday. Um, and now having just scraped through with a win against Fulham, I'm having a pretty good week so far. So, yeah, I'm feeling um, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit more confident um, after tonight. But we'll see how how we go. It's three wins on the bounce now for Spurs, so I'm I'm sure you you're buzzing. As you said, look, I think every team pretty much feels like they've had a point in the season where they feel like the team has turned the corner, or they feel like their team is going to win the league, or make top four, or make top half, or escape relegation. Like it, it's just been one of those crazy seasons where it's up and down. So I, I don't blame you. When you were excited, I at one point was excited with how Liverpool season's gone. And at time of recording, we're now currently one <laughs> nil down at half time against Chelsea at home, facing potentially another home defeat. So look, um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's very possible for anyone to get overexcited by team performances this year, and and I don't think that's going to stop. I think it's going to be up and down all season. Speaking mm -hmm. of up and down, we're going to head down to South Africa for our first game. We've brought Obi back, Arsenal fan. Let's hear what Obi has to say about Burnley versus Arsenal in our first game of the week. 
Okay. So Burnley Arsenal is an interesting one. I think it's a story of two franchises that are trying to find themselves again, whose performances and recent position isn't really reflective of uh, the same sort of fear that they used to strike in opponents, both of which trying to gather momentum. For this game, it should be interesting because it seems that Arsenal are somewhat slowly seeming to piece themselves together, find some sort of structure with an impressive win over Leicester that I think most people wouldn't have seen coming. Uh, I think Arsenal's problems are whether or not they can actually translate that uh, that difference in quality onto the pitch and whether or not uh, Mikel Arteta can finally seem to create some consistency in both his lineup and his performances. For this game, I'm actually going to give this one to Arsenal 2-0. Um, even though it is aware, I think that's going to put a bit more pressure on Burnley to have to bring something to this game. And I think that's actually what Arsenal need. Um, they're going to struggle to break down a Sean Dyche team, but I think the added benefit of them being on the travels, which Arsenal seem to be okay with of late, and Burnley's recent struggles, I'm going to give this one as 2-0 to Arsenal. So that one is 2-0 right? to Arsenal. Um, look, I, I agree with Obi in the sense that Arsenal getting to play this one away from home is a benefit to them. Burnley probably will have a little bit more emphasis um, from an attacking standpoint and Arsenal can just try and pick them off on, on the counter-attack, obviously with the likes of Aubameyang as, as probably the key counter-attacking piece there. Um, I don't know if it'll be 2-0. I'm, I'm going to go with the 1-0 Arsenal win. I... I, I'm, I'm backing him in, in saying that it's going to be a win for Arsenal as, as he's predicted 2 in Arsenal. I'm going to say 1-0 Arsenal. I think they get that counter-attack goal and they continue the good form that they've started to to show in recent weeks. Um, speaking of good form and unfortunately for the, the two teams that follow, this one haven't had the best of form. Uh, it's Sheffield United. They entertain Southampton. Two teams that are, as I said, not good form, struggling at the moment. We'll see what Alex Leticia has to say about how this game is going to go. Obviously, Alex, Southampton fan, let's have a listen to what she has to say about Sheffield United versus Southampton. Hi, it's Alex Letissier, and I'm giving my predictions for Southampton versus Sheffield United. Saints are in terrible form at the moment, losing eight out of their nine league matches. But if they could choose an opponent to go against for their winning ways, it would be Sheffield United for me, who are at the bottom of the table. Um, Saints should have Walker Peters back from injury, and that's a big boost. I fancy Saints to bounce back with a 2-0 victory, please. So that's a 2-0 victory. We've got back-to-back 2-0 victories here, um, both for the away teams, obviously, understandably, with Obi being a Arsenal fan, and Alex being a Southampton fan. But it, it it should be an interesting game. As I've said, both teams not coming into it with great form. And you could probably hear from Alex's standpoint, from Southampton's standpoint, it's kind of just hoping that the team can get this one over the line and, and redirect the, the sort of form we saw earlier on in the season. I'm going to go with a... I'm going, I guess I'm mirroring once again. I'm, I'm going to go with a 1-0... 
Southampton win, um, as was tradition with the previous fixture where I said 1-0 to Arsenal. I do think that Southampton are still struggling at the moment, but they should have enough to beat Sheffield United and hopefully look to correct their season. Um, We'll move on. Speaking of correcting seasons, obviously Wolves have seem to correct their season somewhat so far and and I'm enjoying the football that they're playing at the moment they're starting to grind out results let's hear if Dave Hendrick has the same feeling it's Aston Villa versus Wolves Villa versus Wolves obviously local derby made in the Midlands two teams that are having good seasons but I think Wolves will be disappointed with where they are on the table Villa not been in great form since the start of the year haven't had a, a good first half of the season. Wolves been in better form. Grealish likely not playing this weekend. I think you'd have to give the advantage to Wolves. I think with the form that they can show with players like Adama and Neto, they have game changers. I'm not sure there's a match winner in that Villa team without Grealish, without Barkley. I'd have to give the advantage to Wolves. I'll go... A 2-1 victory for Wolves. That's 2-1 victory for Wolves. Another away win. This is going to be an interesting weekend. We've got three away wins on the bounce. I'm going to break with Dave here. I'm going to break with my tradition of giving the 1-0 away wins or or going with the um, pundits' predictions of two goals for the away team. I'm going to go with the 1-1 draw here. I think, obviously, Grealish not being there, as David said, is a huge factor in this game. I, I, I do still think that Villa need to kind of get the goal in this game and, and, and not get a defeat in this one. They're starting to get a few results that are not so favorable. I, I, I don't think they're in trouble or, or in danger of going down or anything like that. But just to sort of stop the rot, I think a draw here will, will do them well against the Wolf side that are starting to show a little bit more momentum and, and a little bit more of the walls that we saw last season. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the 1-1 draw here. And we'll see what Dave has to think. We'll head back to Dave. We'll see what he has to think about um, Brighton versus Leicester City. Brighton's position in the table doesn't really reflect how they've played this year. If you look at their underlying numbers, their XG is very good. Where they're allowing shots for is very good. They should be higher in the table. They've struggled to convert good chances. If they had a proper goal-scoring number nine, I think they'd comfortably be somewhere in the ninth to 12th region. They've got the talent everywhere else. Good in defence, really good in midfield, good creative players. Mope and Trussard are the type who would do well off a proper number nine. But they just haven't had that this season. And it's cost them. It's cost them big. I mean, they should have won both of their last two games against Crystal Palace and West Brom. Dominated both. Now, they got robbed against West Brom, it must be said, but they also missed two penalties. Leicester are plagued by injuries. Not playing particularly well at the moment. Not in good form. And the worry is that they have a collapse like they did last season. But the third in the table, they should win this game. But at Brighton, I think Brighton have an advantage where they've done well against big clubs so far. And what I'm going to suggest here is a 1-1 draw where Brighton have a far better XG but fail to convert chances. 
Yep, uh, one-one draw there for Dave. And look, I I I think that's a reasonable shot, uh, considering Brighton's unfortunate results that they've had. Where, at, as he said, they've looked good in most games, looked like they should be winning the games, but just not getting it over the line. And unfortunately for them, I think it's going to follow suit here. Although Leicester City are not playing well at the moment, I do think they're going to have enough to. To get over the line here, I'm going to go with a 2-1 Leicester City win. I I think, you know, Vardy is due at least one goal, if not two goals by now. Um, I'm sure fantasy players around the world will either want Vardy to score or not want Vardy to score. He's one of those players that you either have him or the person that you're kind of rivaling in your league has him and, and, and you don't want him to score. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on to West Brom versus Newcastle. And I'm very interested to hear what Jake Jackman has to say about this game. Obviously, Newcastle, there's been some news uh, regarding, you know, bust-ups and training ground and stuff. Let's hear if Jake touches on that or if he just keeps it to the West Brom versus Newcastle game. So, um, Newcastle going to West Brom. Um, big game for both teams. West Brom got the win last weekend um, against Brighton albeit um, quite fortunately after the different um, refereeing decisions that went their way um, Newcastle obviously um, three points above the drop zone as I speak although it's half time in the Fulham Tottenham game so maybe that might change um, but yeah it's not been a good week for Newcastle um, Luke drawing against Wolves they should have won that game they had the better chances um, but then they easily could have lost it late on as well when uh, Fabio Silva um had a had a shot saved by Dubravka. So um yeah, it was a difficult one. Um looking back we, we probably should have won it, especially with what has come out afterwards with Miguel Elmoron and Alan St. Maximan being ruled out for at least until April. So we've got at least three games without them. Callum Wilson's still out. So um yeah, it's a lot of a lot of things for, for Steve Bruce to ponder, especially with what's been going going on off the pitch as well. There's um there's been reports of a bust up um, between Matt Ritchie and Steve Bruce at the training ground. They came to blows, I think, with Steve Bruce squaring up to Matt Ritchie, which isn't really what you want to want to read going into such a big game against a, a team below you in the table. So, um, yeah, it does, it does seem like things are getting close to boiling point in Newcastle in this match. It, it's going to have a, huge implications on what happens. I think if if we do lose, um, I think that Steve Bruce might get the fired this weekend. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Things seem to be pointing in that direction. Um, and yeah, <laughs> with all the things that have come out with, with the, the unrest in the dressing uh, dressing room, um, the the injuries that we've suffered, it's really looking difficult to back Newcastle for a win this weekend, especially against Sam Allardyce. He hasn't done great at West Brom, but he's a, he's a manager that that was the, he was the first manager to be sacked by Mike Ashley. He, he seems to have always had a bit of beef after that. He doesn't see. He always seems to be up for beating Newcastle. Some of the comments he makes about Newcastle in the media aren't great either. So he's going to be well up for it. Um, the only advantage that Newcastle would have is because West Brom are playing tonight, as as I speak. So they're they're playing Everton on a Thursday, and the game is obviously the, the um, lunchtime kickoff on the Sunday. So Newcastle have had a full week of rest. Even though they're missing key players, they should have a little bit more energy about them. The new style of play that we, we sort of integrated and um, pressing high up the pitch, I think that we should have the energy to do that, especially against a, a team that's tiring like West Brom probably are at this point. So th- there's that, there's that to, to be 
to be confident about. There's also the fact that Dwight Gale scored the winner in the last game, so he's going to come in for this one and maybe he'll have a point to prove. But yeah, it's difficult to predict Newcastle to win at the moment. It's, I just don't see where we're going to win again with Steve Bruce as manager. I think that for us to start winning, he needs to go. So yeah, I'm going to go for a 1-0 draw in this one. I don't think it's going to be a great watch. Um, I can see Newcastle having the better chances. I can see them having more of the ball, dominating play. But without, say, Maximan, Almiron and Wilson, I don't see us having the quality to score more than one. Uh, and I just don't have confidence in our defence to, to keep West Brom out, sadly. So yeah, I'm going to go for the 1-1. Uh, 1-1 scoreline prediction there from Jake. Um, obviously, not the news that Newcastle fans wanted to hear this week, you know, after that game. This past weekend is the, the reports of the bust-up in training. And as Jake is saying, if, you know, it's kind of an ultimatum of win or you're fired for Steve Bruce, I, I don't know. You, you hope that the players will still want to, you know, have a preferred perform professionally and and try and get the win try and stay up but if you know it wouldn't surprise me if the performance is pretty lackluster and ends up seeing Bruce getting fired and then maybe the players then turn up for the manager that comes after that so I'm, I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a 2-0 West Brom win I, I do think that West Brom Obviously, haven't turned it around so much this season, but I think they're just going to be a little bit more solid than what Newcastle are going to be for this one. Speaking of not being solid, uh, defending champions Liverpool, as I said, we're now 60 minutes into the game, still 1-0 down to Chelsea. They'll be hosting Fulham this weekend. Let's hear if uh, Jake thinks that Fulham can pull an upset in this one. I don't, I don't even know if it's still considered an upset beating Liverpool at Anfield. It, it probably would be an upset if Fulham loses this game. Let's hear from Jake. Liverpool versus Fulham. Um, again, I'm recording half-time in the uh, Fulham-Tottenham game. They're currently losing 1-0 um, to Tottenham. Um, and it's before Liverpool have played Chelsea. So this is this is being recorded before I know the outcomes of those two matches. But yeah, I, I think Liverpool um, are going to go on and finish in the top four. I think that... The recent struggles we've seen from Leicester and the injuries they've picked up and also just the, the, the fatigue that we're seeing in Manchester United. Um, I think that those two are going to fall off it and I think that that's going to bring Chelsea, um, Liverpool, Tottenham, possibly even Arsenal and Everton into it. Um, Arsenal may be a little bit too far off. But um, yeah, I think we're going to see um, the, the, the race for the top four really heat up. And I really think that all those three places are still in play. I think the second, third and fourth are all still in play. Um so, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a big one um, for Liverpool here. They can't really afford to drop any more points at home, especially against teams in the bottom half of the table. I think they'll know that as well. Um, the, the, the fact that both teams played on Thursday night is probably good for Liverpool, that, that they're not coming up against a team that that might be a little bit fresher. Um, yeah, for Fulham are a difficult team. We saw, I think it was the, the, the reverse fixture that we really saw the best of Fulham. And I think that's when they started going on this little bit of a run where they weren't whipping boys. They were becoming tough to beat. They were drawing a lot of games, getting a few wins, and, and people started to, to believe they could stay up. And it really started with that match against, against Liverpool at Craven Cottage. So they'll have belief that they can go up against Liverpool and cause some problems. Um, so it'll be an in, it will be an interesting one at both ends of the table. But I just can't see Liverpool dropping points like they did I think they've had their bad spell I think they've come through it now um, of course I might be look, made to look foolish if they've just come off the back of a, a loss to Chelsea um, but no I think they're, they're through it I think that 
we're going to see um, Mo Salah kick on as well. Even though, you know, in, in the last few matches, he, he has been criticised a little bit. I think he's still got seven or eight goals in his last ten matches, so he's still in great form. Um, and, yeah, I think they'll have too much for, for Fulham, especially at home. I think we're starting to see um, Trent and Robbo really start to, to find their form again. Um there's, going, there's been a little bit more stability in the heart of the defence. Um, Phillips and, and um, Kazak um, have been playing um, together and building a little bit of a partnership. So, yeah, I think there's, there's reasons to be confident. I think it'll be a hard game. I don't see Liverpool destroying Fulham, but they do have a very good record in home matches against promoted teams. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to tip, tip Liverpool for this one 2 now. Yeah, look, um, as he said, obviously, Jake hadn't yet um, been able to watch both the conclusion to the Fulham game and conclusion to the Liverpool game I I think Fulham ended the game very impressive against Spurs and obviously with the handball rules you know could have maybe gone on to maybe you know draw the game or something um Liverpool currently playing at the moment and Mo Salah's just been substituted at as I'm recording so I, I don't know what's going on there um Fulham have been difficult to to beat, uh, difficult to score against, and Liverpool have been struggling to score goals. And, and, you know, I I haven't seen too much of a tweak in terms of tactics and formation and personnel. I think the the only good thing for Liverpool that you can say is that they're starting to get some players back. You look at Jota coming back, Naby Keita's come back into the fold, Fabinho's come back into the fold. So you're hoping those players can have an impact and, and try and help correct the the goal drought that Liverpool have had recently. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with a one 0 Liverpool win. Um it's more my heart than anything else predicting that because I, I just feel that the players coming back are going to have at, at least enough of an impact. I, I, I at least have faith in Jota to help Liverpool to start get a bit more goals. Um, then maybe like a Firmino who's been playing there and irrespective of form still gets to play, um, which is quite weird for me. But we'll move on to arguably the game of the weekend. It's the Manchester Derby. Manchester City will be hosting Manchester United. We'll head back to South Africa with Obi. Let's hear what Obi has to say about this one. Okay, so this is the big one, right? The Manchester Derby. Um, a derby that has been more a derby in name than in substance of recent years. But now we finally find ourselves in a position where Manchester United have had a coach for a consistent long period of time in order to form an identity that reflects onto the pitch. And I think that's what they have now. But unfortunately, they seem to be coming against a city whose identity seems to be even more instilled than even themselves. And so City must be playing some of the best football that they've seen at the club. And I just think that even though United are playing very well, City playing well is one cut above that. Uh, Add to that the options in terms of depth uh, and that they're playing at home. This, I think, will be about a two-win-win. It will be my prediction for City. City to win 2-1. And I think 2-1 will flatter the scoreline. Um, I think the only reason it will stay low is United have been difficult to beat in these big derbies and they've had a lot of goalless draws. So, yeah, I'll go with 2-1. 2-1 to Man City in that one. And it's hard to pick against City regardless of who they're playing. 
um, and obviously Manchester derby. But if, if fans were there, maybe it would have a bigger impact. I, I think City continue the winning record and they go and win this one. I'm going to go with a 3-1 City win. Um, Jake mentioned earlier when, when he was doing his predictions how jaded Man United have looked recently. And Obi's also mentioned the fact, yes, they are tough to break down and, and tough to beat in these big games. They sit back. They'll have, you know, McTominay and Fred basically on top of the center backs and, and just have really fast players to play on the counter-attack and try and get you on the counter-attack. But I think City are just going to be a little too smart. The triangles that City play with, the players that they use, you know, off the ball, second runners that they use, the first runner goes, brings the offside line a lot deeper, and then the second runners go. I, I think that might catch out Man United quite a few times. So I'm going to go with a 3-1 Man United, um, 3-1 Man United loss, a 3-1 Man City win. We'll move on to Spurs versus Crystal Palace. Um I'll bring Jody in. Jody, Spurs versus Crystal Palace. How do you see this game going? Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what team Jose goes with on Sunday night. We've seen that Bale's finally been adding a lot to the team in recent matches, and I'm sad that he's only just been getting a start now. Um, as I said, I've just been watching the match against Fulham, and I'm really enjoying the way that Lamella's been playing lately. Um, and now that Deli Ali is back in Jose's good books, he's starting to look promising again too. Um, we put up a good fight against Palace when we last played them back in December, but after they got the equaliser, Guaido was just too good for us, I think. Um, and, yeah, we just weren't able to score a second goal with him in goal. So they had some fans in the crowd as well at that time, which I think really helped their confidence, and, and that really saw them get the draw. Um, I know they're the darlings of this podcast, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for us. I think we had a lot of decent chances last time we played them. And if we can make sure that we unlock their defence as well as put up a decent squad on Sunday, I think that we should be able to dominate possession and take the game. So, yeah, 2-1 to us, I think. Nice, 2-1. Look, I, I, I agree with your score. I think I'm going to match that 2-1 scoreline. Um, I think Bale has started to show maybe what people thought that he was going to produce at Spurs. He's getting involved a lot more in the games, obviously getting fitter. Mourinho's mentioned that he's a lot fitter now. Um, are you captaining Kane out of curiosity in the next game <laughs> or are the chances he missed in this previous game making you a bit hesitant? No, I'm not, I don't give away my fantasy, my fantasy scores, my <laughs> fantasy tips. <laughs> Is that why but, you're um, top of, what are you, top 100? On, in, top, I think top, top 100,000 100, out of however many thousand, yeah. So, um, but just, just a side note, yeah, I'll Captain Kane again this week. I have some good feelings about this match, so we'll see. Okay, well, you heard it here first, guys. Captain Kane and maybe triple guaranteed... Captain Kane. Whoa, 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 <laughs> shouts here, insane. Um, Let's head over to Guy Drinkle. It's Chelsea versus Everton. This should be a really good game. Let's hear what he has to say. Chelsea v Everton is it's quite an important game, obviously, with the, the top four race. And you could see it going either way. Do I dare go with a draw? And I know you today were even on pre-recording, so you can't shout at me live. Um, if I remember correctly, these games usually a bit of a bit mad. I'm sure I've remembered some mad game between Chelsea and Everton. Um, Everton seem to just be keep ticking along. Obviously, the win over Everton uh, over Liverpool, I should say, 
And I can't remember who they beat at the weekend. Was it Southampton? Yeah, it was a Monday, I think. Um, and that that's some that's a couple of good results in a row. I can't remember what the form was before that. Um, but Richarlison's improved. Uh, DCL's always a threat if he's fit. Um, Defence is quite solid. Uh, Dinya's always always uh, impactful. And Chelsea, and I'm recording this before the Liverpool game, so hopefully nothing goes spectacularly wrong from my point of view. Chelsea seem to be struggling to score goals. I mean, Giroud's obviously a great player, but he's not a consistent goal scorer. He's probably more of an important goal scorer. He'll come up in the in the bigger moments when you need a goal, but in terms of getting just raw numbers, I don't think he's that guy. We we know Timo Werner's um, struggles this season, uh, just lack of finishing lack of confidence, so him coming off a hat-trick against Liverpool, I assume, after saying that, um, he'll probably go against Everton as well. But, yeah, Tammy Abraham, I don't think he was in the squad the uh, previous game. Um, he'd probably think he'd be the nice blend of physicality, pace, everything else up front, but I don't think he's been too impressive this season. Um, but, yeah, they've seemed to struggle to have found a... A working front two, front three, whatever. It's uh, been a strange season, and since Tuchel came in, it's obviously got better. But has he fixed the uh, attacking side? Not quite yet. But with the attacking talent there, I mean, we've not really seen much of Pulisic this season. Ziyech, after a good start, faded out. As I mentioned, Werner's not really done much. Havertz has been injured. I think he had COVID or something like that. So maybe he comes back, but his impact before Tuchel arrived wasn't great. But everyone who watched Leverkusen knows the talent that's there. Um, so I think if they find that the missing pieces up front, Chelsea should be favourites for a lot of games. Um, but in this one, I'll, I'll go to all because I think, barring me jinxing Liverpool, Chelsea's attacking impotence is... It's just not... It shouldn't really threaten Dan Everton basically playing three, if not four centre-backs at times. And I don't think maybe Bajarud out physically beating someone. I, d- I don't see how they could get through that. So, yeah, I'll go... I'll go... I'll go one all. I'll go one all. I think... These are usually good games, so I think this could be anything, but I'll I'll sit right on the fence to annoy today with mostly and go one all. One all. Um yeah. That <laughs> guy knows what buttons to push with me. Um but I predict a one one in the Aston Villa Wolves game, so I I don't really have much of a leg to stand on. Jody, I'm gonna bring you back in. Um could you help us sort this one one Chelsea Everton draw that guy's predicted? Have you got something Different, or were you thinking 1-1 as well? Look, I think Chelsea have had a pretty decent season and have definitely looked even better since two cars come in, like guys said. Um, they're currently playing Liverpool and we're winning 1-0 when I last checked at halftime. So depending on how this match turns out, I think they may be heading into the Everton match with a pretty high morale. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun match to watch, so I'm really looking forward to watching that one. Um, I think Everton have also looked really good all season. They scared me massively when we played them back in September and they should be confident after winning their match against against West Brom tonight. Um, Richarlison's been especially good in recent matches. 
which I'm personally quite upset about as I took him out of my fantasy team right before his winning streak. So, um, yeah, not very happy about that. But I think Everton could cause a bit of an upset and I see them. I actually see them winning 1-0. Um, I think Richarlison will get another goal and will bring it home for Everton. So um, 1-0 for me to Everton. I think Everton fans will be jumping with joy for that one. And I, I, I you know, for my two cents in this game, I, I think Chelsea, I can see Chelsea beating Liverpool. Um, time of recording, it's still 1-0 to Chelsea. And I, I think Chelsea just look impressive at the moment. They look very stable defensively. And as Guy had hinted, it was just trying to sort the attack out. But I think with the Giroud sometimes playing, sometimes Werner playing, obviously Tammy Abram hasn't featured that much recently. Maybe he will feature. I think... The rotation he's got going there at the moment is kind of like horses for courses, and and it looks like they're solving that really, really well. So I, I was going to go with a one nil Chelsea win in that one, but yeah, a one nil Everton win with a Richarlison goal, um, I think is a very decent decent shot, and I, I wouldn't bet against Richarlison not scoring. Um, let's hear what Guy Drinkle has to say in our next game. It's West Ham versus Leeds. Obviously, West Ham on a charge for top four at the moment. Let's see if Guy thinks that they continue that charge. The Leeds should be, should be. I think it should be a good game. I mean, Leeds. I'm not sure of specifics, but you've. I think everyone's heard they don't travel to London too well. Um. I'm not sure if that means they get battered every time or they'll just fail to pick up points or whatever. I'd have to dig a bit deeper. Um, but going off that narrative, you'd probably have to make West Ham favourites. Obviously, um, I'm not sure if it changes with the mid the midweek games, but West Ham in the top four at the minute. Um, Antonio's fit, I believe. I know he came off early, but that might have been protecting him the other day. Um, so, yeah, you'd have to make West Ham favourites. And, and David Mice is doing a special job there really I think getting the best out of players who I mean we're even in relegation like Craig Dawson for instance like West Brom relegated and Watford relegated last season and now now he's a starter for a top four team like it doesn't mean he's like one of the best centre-backs in the league obviously but it means it, Moyes has got the most out of an asset who other teams other managers etc just simply weren't and it speaks volumes of the job he's doing. Even, even I think he's got a few, good few injuries in defence. I think it's been Diop and Dawson um, instead of, I mean, it was a back three at time, but it, Balbuena and Ogbonna were seemingly the first choice. So doing this with without your first choice centre-backs, um, changing the system halfway through the season as well, because Masawaku got injured all season. It, 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 it's a it's a crazy season, I think. Cause I think quite a lot of people saying they'd probably struggle with the with the lack of lack of signings and, and stuff like that. But even like Ben, ben Rama was meant to be the big signing, and you probably said Dawson's been the uh, the better one of the bunch. I mean, Ben Rama's obviously talented. He just hasn't settled in Fornells, Lingard, etc., and um, uh, Bowen. Um, but I think he'll have the talent to improve there. But I think as long as Antonio's fit, which is always the caveat, I think every every football podcast will probably mention when they're talking about um, West Ham, that they should be favourites. Um, I haven't got the injury list in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Leeds have a lot of injuries because they always do. Um, if Phillips is back, which I'm not sure if he is, um, that helps kind of 
put everything together. I think he's obviously the main one. He's, he's obviously being midfield, but he is the the conduit to, to pretty much everything they do. Um, Banford's obviously had an excellent season. Rafinha, um, very talented, probably been their only signing to establish himself. Uh, Laurent has obviously finally got into the team after a, a few, uh, well, a lot of injury problems. Um, so maybe having more centre backs in the team, um, it can can help with that poor London away record. But yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting game. I think this would be a mad one to be honest. Obviously, Leeds lack of a defensive, um, prioritising defensive players is not what they do. Um, so yeah, I, I could see a madness here if it, if West Ham's attacking players were on form. Maybe Lingard's had a really good start to his West Ham career. I think. People were talking about the England squad. I think that's a bit too much considering the talent is in number 10 positions. Like, we've already got a lot to fit in there. Um, but, yeah, I think getting the best out of Assetune like that, it's, I'd, I'd make West Ham favourites. I'll go... I'll go... I'll go 3-2. I'll go 3-2 West Ham. But, again, I could see anything in this. I mean, West Ham... I, Again, not the stats in front of me, but I don't remember them losing a lot of games. Um, so I'd probably say if Leeds get a draw, that'd be an excellent result for them. But West Ham, if they want to get top four, which would be like a magical season, but if they get Europa League, that that's a wonderful season for them as well. So if, if they want to keep in the European places... Um, they probably have to win for the Champions League, although other teams aren't really taking advantage of anything this season, so whatever. Um, but yeah... Uh, I'll go 3-2 West Ham. 3-2 to West Ham. Um, and guys hinted at it there. Uh, Leeds games are notoriously difficult to try and predict. Uh, they, their scorelines could go from 0-0 all the way to 5-4 thrillers. You, you really can't tell with them. I do think that West Ham have been playing well and, and they continued their charge up to try and get into the top four. I'm going to go with the 2-1 uh, West Ham win in this one. I, I do think this will be an exciting end-to-end game and it's certainly one I'm going to be watching. If you want to be watching it as well, if you want to make sure that um, you don't have to worry about which subscribe um, subscription you have to be linked up to and, and who's showing the game, then I highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. This podcast is presented by EPLindex.com in association with Liberty Shield. You can find Liberty Shield on libertyshield.com. They're a VPN provider. And as I said, highly recommend link up with them. Sort out your viewing pleasure, not just football. Um, You've got entertainment there. You've got movies there. You've got um, Australian TV if you want. Uh, Jody, I I know you coming from Australia. um, Have you seen some of the the Australian channels there or um, have, have you enjoyed Liberty Shield? I'm enjoying Liberty Shield. To be honest, the Australian TV is on a completely different time zone to us, isn't it? So it's kind of like, yeah, I haven't really watched too much of that. But I've actually been enjoying the South African stuff. Um, And also the NFL was great to be watching that um, as well. So, yeah, it's been really, really good. enjoying it. It makes life so much easier. Um, Speaking of making life easier, unfortunately for Southampton, they they had Sheffield United you know, to start off the weekend, team at the bottom of the table, looking to get some rhythm and and, and momentum going and hopefully get a win there. 
Then they look down and they see they end the week, the game week off against top of the table Man City, um, which is obviously a very, very tall order. Um, I think for any team, it, it will be difficult to be able to to go to Man City and get a result. But let's hear if um, if Alex has any optimism for this game or if she sees it as what I'm predicting myself as I'm, I'm going to go with a 3-0 City win. I, I think City, they, they need to get back to getting those clean sheets and this might be a, an opportune game for them. As for Manchester City, I think all Saints fans would be happy to avoid humiliation here. It's impossible to predict anything other than another City win as they march to another title. The way we've been defending, um, it could get ugly. If they were to score an early goal, I think it could get really, really bad. I'm going to go for 4-0 Manchester City, but I fear it could be even worse, to be honest with you. Thank you. Wow, 4-0 prediction there. I, I thought I was going harsh with the 3-0, but Alex has gone 4-0. Um, as I said, it's it's a very tall order going up against this Man City side and, and it will be very brave to bet against them. But that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Um, Jody, thank you for helping me navigate this game week and, and for giving your input. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up the show? Um, just that so you can catch me on Twitter at Spursy141. Awesome stuff. Yep. Great follow. I uh, highly recommend you guys follow her. Uh, from my end, you can go ahead and check out all the contact on eplindex.com. Um, there's match previews, match reviews, player performances, um, everything that you could wish for from a football perspective. You can also check out the daily podcast show, The Two-Footed Pod, with Dave Hendrick. You heard Dave here on the show. If you want to hear more of him, uh, he's got that daily podcast that you can go and listen to, once again, called The Two-Footed Podcast. Finally, you can also check out our flagship show that runs weekly, it's the EPL Roundtable where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. Um, they re do reviewing and previewing of the happenings all around the EPL. You can follow this show on the Twitter page, ATAD Predictable. Follow at EPL Index um, on Twitter. Subscribe to the EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. As always, if you feel so inclined, give us five stars, uh, write some positive comments. Uh, that stuff really, really helps us out. I've been Tidio Chanakira. You can find me on Twitter at the handle at Tad Predicts. Um, Jody McInnes, she joined us on the show. You can find her at Spursy141. Our producer behind the glass, Guy Drinkle, he also gave some input on this show. You can find him on twitter at guy drinkle a huge thank you to the entire gang the crew that joined me for another episode of tad and the predictables it was obi semenya he's at john empire sa on twitter alex leticia she's at alex leticia on twitter dave hendrick he's at two footed pod and jake jackman he's at jake jackman that's jake jackman with two n's at the end and remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshura. Sports Social Podcast Network.